Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, is your co-host, Jim. One me, I didn't do it. <laughs> and your co-host, Hunter. Uh-oh. Did we lose Hunter? I think he went back me? to Ohio. Did you guys lose me? My gosh, my microphone, oh. my microphone. Oh. I, was, I was just saying oh. 31 gigs out of 91 gigs. I'm oh, still going. Oh, oh my gosh. God. Yeah. It, what the I, hell did we preload, dude? No, nothing. I have no like, idea. Preloaded I, five, I, you, I preloaded. You, I preloaded this thing on like what was it? Friday of like it was a month ago. It was five hundred megs or whatever. It was. It was five hundred megabytes that you preloaded, and then you have to. They now. need to turn on like peer to peer downloading with this thing. Like just torrent this. Like give it, it to me it, now. It took me three hours to download it yesterday. So we're talking about. The meanwhile, I had. And meanwhile. And meanwhile, I had to mute the damn music because after a little while, it starts going from "Oh, this is nice" to "Okay, I'm, I'm I've had enough of this." Like you're on hold for three hours. Um, that was just a quick side note. Microsoft, as we're recording this, Microsoft Flight Simulator came out today, and so everyone in the world is downloading it, which means no one's downloading it quickly. Um, yes. Did you see the screenshot of how many people are in the sky over Tokyo right now? No. How many people? Yeah, are in the stuck sky? it in the admin chat, dude. There is like a hundred. Jets oh wow! And planes and stuff. That's just hilarious. it's just like a cloud of gnats over Tokyo. Thankfully, yeah, you could like, turn wow. that off if you want. You can turn that multiplayer nonsense off. Um, friends, Spaz isn't here. Um, oh, God damn it! <laughs> How appropriate that that came up. But 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 when I but, but Gal Dukat is Gal <laughs> Dukat <laughs> is joining us. No, um, here in California, we are undergoing what's called a flex alert, which. Is a is a fancy word for rolling blackouts, and so because uh, everyone's got their air conditioning on, who has air conditioning, which I'm not, um, everyone's who got their air conditioning on during this heat wave, um, it's it's pushing the state's power levels to the brink, and so they're doing rolling blackouts, so not everyone goes out, um, and so Spaz is like, well, I might not be able to make it, and so yeah, he's not here, sadly, but we do have a guest. Uh, it doesn't make up for spaz, but we do have a guest uh, joining us. It's past midnight now in England, uh, which thank you again, Dan, for joining us in England. Dan Woods, uh, the sole indie developer of the game we're going to talk about tonight, Absolute Territory. Uh, welcome, Dan, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, it's our pleasure. Great to be here. Yeah, we, we didn't have guests for a while because we thought this wouldn't last very long, or at least I thought this wouldn't last very long. And I'm like, oh, let's just people just focus on like their lives and their families and we'll get back to it once this is all over. And <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, so, to stay for a little while. Yeah, for a bit. Come, come the so, end of yeah. twenty twenty, it'll all go and disappear. It'll be a oh, new that'd year. Be nice. That'd be nice. <laughs> Probably not. Um no. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, folks, if you're unaware, Absolute Territory is a first-person cockpit space shooter, you know, along the lines of, you know, your free spaces, your wing commanders, um, that's built on Unity, and it is coming out on September 1st, so two weeks from now, I think? Yes, exactly, 14 days. <sighs> two weeks from today. Uh, how you feeling? How you doing? 
Oh, yeah, I feel great. Not stressed at all, and my hair isn't going any greyer than it already is. I'm perfectly fine and sane. <laughs> uh, tell me, I know all about grey hair. So what? when did you start working on this? What was the beginning of this particular journey? What, what, what basically inspired you to start creating your own cockpit fighter game? Well, that's 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 a few questions rolled into one there. Yeah, uh, first much. of all, it's first person and third person. If you hit the F one key, you'll get third person view. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, I don't think I. But knew don't that. worry about that. No, uh, I love cockpits, and it started off as first person, but I added third person because I thought, well, people like freelancer. Uh, so, where does it start? It starts back when I was 18 years old and got Blitz Basic. And I started making 2D games, and I was making pretty much what this would have been in 2D. Uh, nice. But it never got anywhere. <laughs> and then many years later, uh, I start picking up Unity after, uh, well, just before Unity version 3.0 dropped out, which is something like eight years, maybe ten years ago. <laughs> and uh, rather than, you know, learn gradually, I thought, I want to make a space game. Uh, so I started what is now Absolute Territory back then, uh, doing it the hard route, making one massive project where everyone would ever tell you is make stuff small. So yeah, uh, here we are. <laughs> uh, but uh, going to what, what, why did I do it is, well, I love Wing Commander and those sorts of games. And when I started this, there was a massive drought of any space games out there or, you know, space games made by indies weren't really good quality and were missing features that I would have enjoyed in Wing Commander or would, you know, improve the experience. And then, and then Star Citizen came along. <laughs> well, <laughs> it really didn't. I mean, it did. Uh, well, sorry. And then Star Citizen got... Uh, uh, advertised and we're still waiting for star citizen which is great and one thing of star citizen that i've learned from is it's not a good idea to have transitions where you're walking around to get from your ship to go to your bunk and wherever else because it looks extremely boring <laughs> so uh yeah this is how I mean... i've managed to get this far otherwise uh i probably wouldn't be getting very far because i wanted to recreate like wing commander but have a walk around like the Tiger's Claw and stuff like that and have that. Uh, but being a one-man indie dev, uh, that I, I've slowly realised that uh, it's going to take longer than I thought. Well, I think the great thing about the indie explosion, and there are, a lot of, there are a lot of impatient people out there, but I think one great thing about the indie explosion that we've had over the last pretty much decade is that a lot of more gamers have got to see how the sausage is made. And I think that's made a lot more gamers, a lot more tolerant of, you know, games that only have text briefings or things like that. Um, because you, I mean, voice actors take a lot of work. Uh, look at rebel galaxy outlaw. Half the voices in that game are one guy. I mean, he's a great, he's a great guy. He does a good job, but I mean, <laughs> personally, sometimes, yeah, I'd rather have text it, it, over uh, yeah, definitely. crappy voice and acting. You can get the opposite, can't you, where you've got uh, Starpoint Gemini, that voice acting. I don't know how <laughs> it is in the in the latest one, but it's, that it's, has been some atrocious there, voice there, acting. And 
you know, they're, they're, uh, they are quite small studio, aren't they? They're indies, and that's yeah, that, that'd be the quality I'd be getting. But then you get stuff which is all right. I mean, with Hypergate, voice acting's not bad there. Yeah, I think Spaz did some voice acting for that as well. I'm not sure, but Hypergate yeah. is a it like I was gonna bring up Hypergate because. We've had, it's kind of amazing, we've kind of had an explosion of indie space games as well, but there have not been that many cock, there have not been that many fighter games like like yours or Hypergate or um, House of a Dying Sun or, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> there aren't that many Squ- squadrons. <laughs> Well, yes, but I'm ta- I'm talking more in the indie space. There haven't been sure. many because I'm sure Maybe. it's a it's a mu- <laughs> this is one thing I do want to talk about on a podcast one day is 2D versus 3D, and so many more games are in 2D probably because it's easier to do. Um, but I guess Evercron, is- did you say that one? No, Evercron, that's a good one. Oh God, I can't believe I forgot Evercron. He's been doing these things for 20 years. That guy. Um, like no oh, more than twenty years, dear lord. Um. So did so making a for uh. Well, I'm gonna stick with first person, even though you have a yeah, third person. Go Basically for it. Sticking, it, it. Go ahead. I'm gonna say it. It started off literally first person. I threw in third person quite right. well just last year, and it shows because you stuck to the just the front view. You can't change look left, right, and rear like you can in the cockpit at the minute. Uh, yeah. I mean, but you know, I mean, it, it was meant to be first-person cockpit, and that's right. why you've got the cockpit panels in there. Uh, but I, uh, I had to do away with the the panels looking like the fitting in the cockpit due to time constraints. <laughs> Actually, well, one I wanted to say the way you have it works very well. I'm, I'm, I'm more, I'm more a fan of, um, I'm more a fan of the uh, the more cockpitless kind of free space to uh, floating HUD. Um, I mean, yeah, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw and stuff is great, but I love more the the floating HUD of your game and free space and whatnot. So you kind of have a kind of a nice middle ground where you have like an illusion of a cockpit because you can kind of see its physical presence. But well, that was due to uh, the the model assets that I've bought because they're uh, from the Unity store. Uh, this is not an asset flip, I promise you. And uh, th- this model in particular didn't have any cockpits, but the other one you were playing when you was in the waves mode, uh, that was a, a latest, a later asset pack made by the people who did this one, and they added cockpits. Uh, so that was awesome, and uh, I just threw them in there and kit bashed some stuff together. <laughs> Uh, but yeah interesting you say uh, you you prefer the free space view because to be honest that's easy enough to do I'll just put the camera further forward out of the nose so you don't see any of the uh, the ship so that might be a feature worth adding okay that'd be cool Uh, but no what I was saying is the way you have it now is is kind of a middle ground between you have the floating HUD but you also have a physical representation of the cockpit, but I didn't think like the cockpit got in the way. Like you play some old space Sims and you're like, how did I hit anything? Cause two thirds of the screen is cockpit. You know, how did I bloody hit? <laughs> I'm looking at you privateer. 
Goddamn yeah, Tarsus. There was a reason for that, though, wasn't there? <laughs> I know. Oh, I, I, I get it. It was just going back to that now. It's like, what was I thinking? Um, but yeah. no, what, my, what I was going to get at is, it, do you think making a 3D game like this is a bigger challenge than making like a top-down 2D game? And did the, did I it present you with both? Okay, go ahead, their own challenges. But go on, finish your question. No, I was going to ask: Did that did it present? Did making a a three D game like this present you with any um with any challenges that you might not? Do you think you might not have run into with a two D game? Right. So, given that I've effectively made a two D and a three D, uh, they are they've got their own challenges and it also really depends on you know, like the engine or the game development engine you're going to use. So like, I was using Blitz Basic. I did use Blitz Basic, Blitz Basic 2D, Blitz Basic Max, Blitz Basic 3D, all for 2D though. And they have their inherent challenges and in just how, how it works. Uh, the biggest problem with 2D was uh, the rotation of sprites back then the engine but technology's come way far there I, I had to pre-render all the sprites and i had one big launch carrier and it took like 60 seconds to pre-render to rotate it so then i had to use like sprite atlases to put it all in there and stuff like that uh but the main thing was learn as you go along so i started programming when i was 15 uh, and then started that game when I was 18, very inexperienced, etc. Never done game development as a, as a job, only just done software development. Uh, it's a total different reality of, uh, well, making something towards software and actual a video game of just so many things that are different. But with 3D, uh, getting your head around the 3D math of things. Uh, in 2D, it was fairly easy to know how to, to face, turn and face a target. But in this one, uh, in 3D, it was more complicated, especially with what Unity called Quartonians. I might have watched that, uh, which is a totally different sort of uh, rotation in 3D space to just using angles. Uh, that has given me a lot of headache. But uh, what this game really gave me a headache with, and what I really wanted, because I loved how Iwar did it, is actual physics. Uh, and your acceleration and your ship correcting itself is all through forces using Unity's physics engine. And even rotating your ship so you, and, and rolling it is done by physics as well. And that took me an extraordinary amount of time to figure out and how to do it oh, right. Man. Ridiculous. <laughs> Partly because uh, with how Unity does rotation is not how physics work in real life. Oh, really? Uh, but when I, but, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was reading like uh, Udemy or uh, Khan Academy, trying to understand physics and how it works and then try to apply it to the game. And it was like the output's coming out something completely different and not not meeting reality. And it's like, really? Well, uh, do you do you have the camera like attached to the ship as a stationary oh. object, and then you move the world around it, or are you actually uh, flying the camera through the the level? The camera is attached to the ship, 
the ship is pretty much stationary because of uh, I forget what it's called now. But uh, you know when you, you travel a vast distance and then things start shaking, especially more noticeable the hood. Yeah. In a video game, uh, to counteract that. Yeah, because uh, you get ship, you get like floating point error. Yeah, if you, that's yeah. exactly it. I forget what it's called on it. I mean, if I look at the uh, some care, I'll be able to tell you what the name is. But uh, basically, uh, your ship will move for a, for a single frame. Then I pull it back to center. And then all the other eight game objects are attached, like the ships, etc., are attached to uh, a parent game object. And I'm just moving that parent game object everywhere. And from my testing, I can move way beyond what I normally could uh, without any HUD shaking or even any uh, of the units shaking, apparently. Uh, but then I obviously right next to it, so I wouldn't know what would happen if it was trillions of, mi- of miles away from two ships that are together, and they probably just do all sorts of wacky stuff, but I'm that far away, I'd never see it. And uh, given that the game is pretty much self-contained uh, and not meant to be like a vast open universe, it's like instant-based missions like Wing Commander, you fly to one nav point, you deal with whatever's there, and then you fly to the next one, etc. Uh, you know, I've, I've pretty pretty much avoided that issue altogether. Well, I I have to say, um, kind of a side note, I've never really heard of Blitz Basic until today, and uh, apparently some very famous games were made on it, oh. like like Worms, apparently was. Was Worms made it? Oh, Worms would have been made on Blitz Basic, but on the Amiga Blitz Basic. Oh, I see. Because the original Worms, the very first Worms, because Blitz Basic got its origins on the Amiga, which I never knew. Uh, And then the guy who made Blitz Basic, I think he then, yeah, he made a a PC version, which was back in the late mid-90s. Yeah. He developed it on there. I think that was right. And... And the first two Echelon uh, games, you know, those role-playing games, they were also on Blitz Basic. So, you know, some fairly big oh, yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. And there were some claymation if... games on there and uh, apparently, a knockoff of uh, Super Monkey Ball. Yeah, apparently it some is really now... Really games. Yeah, apparently it is now morphed into a thing called Monkey, apparently. Yes, I've, uh, I've noticed that... Uh, but uh, I've not done anything with that because I ended up going to to, to Unity, uh, and I think I don't know where it is. But when when he brought Monkey out, it, it seems to be a lot more limited in scope than where he got with with Blitz Basic. So I don't understand why he uh, he, he switched to that. I don't understand the history of it. But so, but yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there's lots of uh, video game development tools out there, and they all do different, unique things, and they've all got their own uh, different plans for the uh, for the future. I think uh, like there's Godo or Godot. That, that's an, an up and comer, I think. Godot as a, as a rival, yeah, G O D O T. That's a that's a new game engine that's been out for a while, oh. and. Uh, there's lots of it. I mean, so many tools. It's it's kind of wonderful. And, yeah, it's kinda... you can just make your own engine. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. 
I'll tell you one thing we've learned on this podcast is about all these engines I had never heard of before, or like games being built on things you wouldn't think a game would be built on, like Java. You know, like what? You built your game on Java? I didn't know you could do that. Um, yeah, you know you can build a game in Excel. I, I I have I have heard that there is like an Easter egg in Excel. It's like a role playing game or something. In Excel, yeah, you can totally program. You can freaking program in Excel, which is weird. <laughs> apparently, appa- I was doing some deep diving on this. Apparently, you can program in PowerPoint as well. What? Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw a Doom made in Excel once, and that was enough yeah. for me. Doom? Really? Yep. Yeah, like original, like original Doom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't play the same, but it's there. That's still. That someone went to the time and trouble to do that, that's 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 why the internet is so amazing. <laughs> because people make stuff like that. <laughs> I've got to question it. They've, they've gone into that much effort to do that. Why don't they just make a proper game? <laughs> well, don't let us just to prove it could be there? done. <laughs> I was about to say, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like the Jeff Goldblum quote from Jurassic Park. People were too busy trying to figure out if they could. They didn't stop to figure out if they should. Oh, I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking of the Captain Kirk quote from Star Trek V. Why are you climbing that mountain? Because it's there. Uh, right. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's hopefully the only time we'll ever bring up Star Trek V on this podcast. Um <laughs> But uh, back to absolute territory. So, um, so right now the game has basically two modes. You have a wave mode and a campaign. Um, I only played the first mission of the campaign just to record the video. Um, I didn't want to spoil myself. But how big is the campaign? Out of sheer curiosity. Well, the campaign we've got twenty-one missions in total. They don't include the four tutorial missions that are there, but they are skippable, so you're not forced to go through and repeat uh, the tutorial missions if you don't want to do them. But yeah, 21 missions, and when I ran through it, I'm going to estimate between at least four to six hours of gameplay based on that. Depends on your skill level. That's pretty good. It took me four hours, and I played it on hard, so... And you made the game... So yeah, <laughs> I spent thousands of hours playing it. So you know, <laughs> hopefully, people have a lot longer out of it. <laughs> but but that's fine. I mean, well, I was gonna say I was just looking at the Steam page right now, where I can see my friends currently playing this game. Looks like looks like out of all my friends, you've got the most uh, time in there. You got seventy seven hours in this thing. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Only seventy seven. <laughs> uh, I think wow. you need to add a couple of zeros in there, and, oh, and then a few more hundred. Mm, One thousand two hundred twenty-eight hours. Yeah, uh, that doesn't actually, you know, offer the true amount of time spent in this since uh, this only got added to the store. I think store some, about I think a year some ago. Might, I think some people <laughs> might balk at like four to six hours or six to eight hours, but like if you think about it, there are a lot of great games that give you that much time or even less and it's still you know it's still a better value than going to a movie you know um yeah i mean all so many people are like i want these games with hundreds of hours well i mean there are games that'll give you that there's nothing wrong with a well-written contained experience 
That's yeah, and you end up with the the cancer of game padding, you know, where they it's like, oh, now you have to grind for a hundred oh, hours God. for no reason. Yeah, no, thank you. No, I yeah, appreciate like, games like yours and Hypergate and whatnot, mm-hmm. where it's like a very focused experience, and then like, okay, I'll go. It's like a good movie. Like, oh, I don't remember it so well in a year. I'll go back and play it again. You know. Yeah, um, I did. I did consider padding this out, you know. Uh, I'm glad you, you know, did. I mean, you played the free space missions, and you're like, "Hmm, let's go and attack this uh, cruiser who, who's a bad guy and defecting, and we'll stick you ten thousand meters away from him, and you spend two minutes flying to him for it to jump out." Sir, that was we'll, an important we'll story mission, sir. Sir, <laughs> sir, that was a very was important, important set. That, that was a very important story set piece, sir. <laughs> Sir, that was a very important set piece of the story, sir. You, that that was necessary. To, that was not filler, sir. I disagree. Oh, and, my and, gosh. And then the escort missions as well. Yeah, oh. let's go escort these ships that will explode. As soon I will as agree with you on, on that. I will agree with you on that. Now, now I'm sure... And they'll slowly trundle over to the jump gate. There was yeah, one I lost the because of TIE Fighter. I lost everywhere. I lost because a TIE fighter came over and coughed on it. Uh, there was one game. To protect the cargo, but the cargo got destroyed, but the transport ship made it. I, w- I wish there was some teleporting cruise missiles in this, like in Wing Commander. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I hated God the, oh, damn God. those things. Uh, oh, God. What, what, did you, do, you, do you not know the trick to defeating the skipper missile? I don't remember. It's been so long. Kill, kill the guy you launched it. Make sure all the enemies are dead, and they just autopilot out of there, and, and you don't have to worry about the skipper I, missile. <laughs> I don't remember those games. I as much as I love the Wing Commander oh, games, really? they don't hold up. Yeah. They don't like at no, all. Uh, um, no, you got to have your rose tinted glasses on there. But I still love playing the original Wing Commander. That is my favorite out of them all, just because yeah, of the amount of time I spent on it. And I, it was like I, literally. The first space combat game I ever played. I do love loading up the first. Sorry, I do love loading up the first and second Wing Commander every now and again, mostly for the mm-hmm. music. The music oh. is such is such a comfort to me in the in those mm-hmm. first couple of in those in those class in those first two Wing Commander games. Like the in, in the other Wing Commander games, the music kind of took a back seat, but in the first two mm-hmm. games, it was such a thing. Um. I think they went more orchestral, didn't they, in three and yeah, four? And yeah, and it was also lost much more the, background. The, the, the uh, yeah, the dynamic music, which just absolutely made the first two games and Privateer awesome because it's there, and that's what 100%. I'm trying to do in this. It's just very, very, very fledging. But you'll notice the music when there's no enemies. You've got this nice, calming, relaxing yes. enemies period, and then you've got the combat track. So that's just the start of it. Uh, We'll see how I can develop that. <laughs> like no, I did, I did like notice Commander. that. But I will say there was one game that had escort missions. It was called Ethereum, I think. It was kind of mm-hmm. an anime-ish um, yeah. first-person shooter. It came out like five years ago, I think. That, I think, I is the well. only game I've seen where the ships you're escorting can actually defend themselves. They actually, like, you know, have guns and can shoot back. <laughs> <laughs> and will do so. It, it's like, why have other people done this? Like, you have this huge fucking ship. Excuse my language. You have this huge fucking ship. You can't put one gun on it or two. God damn it! Like, 
I love TIE Fighter so much, but there are so many times I would scream at that fucking game because it was like, <laughs> you're a giant freighter. You have space for a gun. Put a gun on that damn thing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, uh, the developers must have uh, not noticed the, the, the big guns you see on the films or they've decided to add the guns to these ships in the films afterwards. Because every ship I seem to see in the films always got guns attached to the front of it, even the freighters. Right? (laughs) It's like, is this a combat freighter? (laughs) Because it's just attached to the front, and it's like, why has it got no turrets? I'm not sure where the escort trope even came from. (laughs) Armored school bus. (laughs) Right. I'm not even sure where the escort trope came from, because Wing Commander had it. But Mm -hmm. I, I can't remember before Wing Commander if there was an escort trope. Elite didn't have escorts, so I don't know. I I don't know where the escort trope came from, but it's horrible and I hate it. And don't I do not like escorts, but uh, I needed to pan out a few more missions. <laughs> Wait, do you have do you have escort missions in your game? Yeah, oh yeah, there, okay. there. You gotta you have it. it's a trope. You, you know what I was that. gonna say? Any space game worth it, any space game like this worth its salt has to have at least one. So I, I, it's we can't, we've come to expect it now. You know, we've come yeah, to be yeah. like, oh. pleased to know there are defended with their own turrets. They've got flat turrets. Thank and, freaking uh, God. They can, they can take down a fight, a light fighter or two. You know? Oh, good. And they'll help you. So uh, they're not defenseless. Uh, That's good to know. And they That's can take really a bit of know. a beating. <laughs> That's good to know because, yeah, it's so frustrating when you're like, Playing when you're escorting a thing, and it's like boom, boom. Oh, it's dead. What the? F- it's it was bigger than me. How did it not have armor? What? God damn. So it was a blimp in space. You see, it was full of. Uh, I will tell you a funny thing. Highly though. explosive. I will tell you a funny thing. Um, a little side note: We uh, Hunter and I were playing Star Lancer the other day. We've been testing out this virtual land thing we found, and we were playing the campaign. And this science ship jumps in. And it's a fairly big ship. And yeah, before, I forgot about this. <laughs> and before I even think about it, I'm like, okay, it's an enemy ship. It has to die. It made a wormhole out of nothing. And so I kill it. It takes like three shots to kill it. It must have been made of freaking balsa wood. And next thing I know, it's like, oh, yeah, we need you to not destroy that ship. I'm like, oh. The, the, um, then the guy comes up. I, I wanted you to take out its engines, not blow it up. Yeah, I got yelled at big time in that game. And then we failed, and then we failed the game, and then we failed the mission. Totally failed. Oh, totally great. failed. It was great. <laughs> it was freaking great. But again, it's a big ship. It shouldn't be, be. It shouldn't go down in like four shots. But that thing did. Yeah. It was made of freaking poster uh, poster tube. Civilian ship, you know. They don't have armor, steel plates <laughs> on there. I guess. Know, it's like shooting the space shuttle with a handgun. That'll explode. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it, but yeah, I guess if you shot the space shuttle with a handgun, that would really be a bad. That would be a bad time. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be a really bad time. So you have escort missions, and I know you have at least one patrol mission. What are some of the other types of missions you got? It, it only comes down really to a patrol escort, uh, like an assault stroke strike missions. Uh, but what I try to do to add variety is to every single mission you fly, something's different there, whether that you're encountering a new ship or there's an event sort of 
you know, something unexpected happening going on there. Uh, just to just to try and add a bit of variety, which is just something I remember Blizzard doing with StarCraft Two, where each mission had something new added to it. So I tried to do that, and I, I won't I won't I won't float it great high. It's you know it's not massively like well, eye popping sort of stuff. What you'd expect Blizzard to do? It's it just adds a little bit of variety to uh, again. You're to one guy lo- working looking on this. not to uh, you know not to get boring. Yeah, you're one guy working on this. I think people, I think a lot of gamers are very understanding the difference between Blizzard and you. So, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> yeah, a lot are. I think, I mean, gamers get a bad rap, but you, you look at Steam forums and there are a lot of very understanding gamers, you know. So, um, yeah, I've had some good feedback. I, I did a little bit of promotion posting on Reddit. And just, I think it was one of the PC gaming ones where a lot of people were uh, quite supportive and just, uh, you know, asking questions and just showing the support in there. And I thought that was great. And then I posted on uh, a few other, fo- well, you know, just gaming forums, uh, about eight, and only one of them people have replied into it. And it started off all right and then uh, sort of went a bit downhill from there. <laughs> Well, that 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 sucks to hear. So you've but... got you you've got detractors and you've got attractors in communities. And one of the things is you know when you're promoting is that that website I posted to and maybe got away being able to post it. It's like I had an account from there from like four years ago, and I posted like a little bit a little bit of a time there and then nothing. Uh, so a little bit more amenable to. Uh, some random person coming up and promoting uh, his video game. <laughs> have you have you played the old iMagic game? Uh, is it, yeah, it's Star Ran- Space Rangers. Star Rangers. It's one Star of the Rangers. Games. Yeah, Star uh, Rangers. No, uh, not properly, but I'm, I'm aware of it. I saw Brian playing it, and we've actually had a little uh, chat in text about it last year, and I've got your notes on Star Rangers. And uh, that's something I'm. Oh yeah, that's right. I, I, I did give you an ear beating about that last time you were here. <laughs> because to be honest, uh, the reason why this hasn't been released is because of that sort of chat. Because I just because I thought, what can I do to make my game my game stand out from anything else out of there? And I decided, well, in order to do what you're suggesting, and maybe even throw a campaign in there. I need the tools to be able to do that, and the big tool that I could do is a level editor, and this is the uh, the inklings, the birthing towards reaching that goal where I'm uh, developed now. Got this level editor where I've created every single mission of the campaign in it, uh, and I can now, you know, start expanding on it towards maybe even, you know, having a sort of little mini sandbox universe like Star Rangers does. And, oh, uh, that'd be great. Have something like that because uh, I like I like what Star Range is there. I need to play it. I've got I've got it from uh, Exo DOS now, so I can actually play it quite easily. Uh, I just need to uh, finish this game, and then I'll uh, spend some time uh, playing some other games out there and deciding. Uh, well, see, that can be game number this. two because you can reuse these assets, <laughs> get another run out of them, make Star oh, Rangers yeah. two. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Star Rangers runs out of the box flawlessly on DOSBox. You don't have to tweak it or anything. It just goes. So, when you feel you have the time, it's definitely something worth playing. 
yeah, yeah the thing that I the thing I love about it is that it's an arcade style wing commander game, right? So it, it's like you're you're doing the stuff like you're doing in this game, but it, it's like it's increasing difficulty to the point where you lose, right? It's kind of a wave based thing, but it's but it's also like a resource management kind of deal. So it's it's more it's more than just like, hey, we're gonna throw harder stuff, don't get killed, but you actually you can lose because you like ran out of time, not necessarily ran out of yeah, run out of fuel. Yeah. Have to limp back to base. <laughs> Which to be honest, in these days of that sort of mechanic, I probably don't think many people like that anymore. You I know, don't know. Having to people... slowly travel back home. Because it's like, you know, I don't know, it depends on the people. I mean like the X games until you mm. got Satan, you had to slowly fly from I mean you could be like elite you run out of fuel you're screwed <laughs> no you, yeah. you could call a refuel ship right like the fuel oh, ramp yeah. come to get you, but it, takes, it takes a minute you lost a minute mm. off the clock yeah you know, good like luck because you're racing against time yeah like your free space support unit yeah something like that well everyone's different everyone's got their different uh you know what they accept and whatnot I mean that's one of the things you know with this I wanted to keep try and keep it short and sweet each mission you know, no more than between five to ten minutes on average. There's some missions where, you know, you, you probably end up playing for 15 minutes. But I didn't want it going on much longer than that because then you're dead and it's like, oh, I've got to replay the mission again. Oh, I've got to listen through this cutscene again. Oh, I've got to trek all yeah, through no these nav points again. Oh, yeah, no, no, no one so, likes that like at all. So yeah. try to keep it short and and sweet and. It expanded from 16 to 21 missions by the time I'd uh, fleshed it out. So hopefully good. And uh, at least it's not going to be 47 gigs uh, worth of download. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, friends, sure. just, yeah, and that, that's, that's a reference to... Um, if you haven't played the Microsoft Flight Simulator, it's weird because if you get it on Steam, which is where I got it, when you download the game, you download like a 500 megabyte thing. I don't know what the hell it is, but you download something that's 500 megabytes. It's like, oh, that doesn't seem so big. And then you get into the game and it has you log into your Microsoft account. And then it's like, oh, yeah, we have 92 gigs to download. Like, what? Oh, <laughs> uh, it does the same. It does the same. It does the same thing through Game Pass. Like, oh, you, you hit launch, it launches the game, you, you log into your account. And then it's just like, all right, time to install the game. But you see, here's the thing that's been going, that's making people go crazy over on Steam. You remember how you said it took three hours to download? Well, yeah. you have to launch the game in order to download it. And if yeah. it takes you three hours to download while the game is quote unquote running, you yeah. run over, you run over your 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 trial oh, the period. Re- the the, tra- the refund. Pe- oh God, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah, oh, my message to all those people is if you wanted to try it cheap, drop five bucks X-Pass. on Microsoft. I was going to say a pass. dollar. You yeah. can probably get it for a buck for a month. Yeah. yeah. yeah do Game yeah, Pass it's like, if you want to check it out. Decide if you're if it runs on your machine or not. And then if you want it in Steam. The, the thing that I did notice, though, is you install that 500 meg uh, joke and then it, it downloads like the other 100 gigs right but it asks you where do you want to put that yeah 
So and it's actually out weird. in a publicly was, accessible file. And, and the, the great thing about that is when you uninstall the game from Steam, it doesn't remove that 90-some gigs you downloaded. It just removes the 500 meg. What? Yeah. What? So, I had to, so I had to go and find that folder and manually da- delete it once I uninstalled it. When, I had to, Microsoft, you, you <laughs> what own Windows. Do you not understand how any of this works? Does Microsoft like, not know how to Windows? I don't know what's going on. Well, you think Microsoft so reason, should know how to Windows. The reason that they have you pick that external folder to stick it in is because they know uh, Flight Simulator community is all about the skins and the mods and the, mm-hmm. you know all the stuff. Which you can buy from within the game. Yes, which I, I actually did some. But really? The, yeah, because if you have the Game Pass, it's 119 for the like full Super Deluxe Turbo Edition that Jeez. comes with like 10 planes, right? And this is a weird thing. So in their in, in-game market, if you look at the tiers, right? So there's like the, the $60 and the $80 and the $120 tier, right? But if you look at the upgrade packages that get you there, it's actually $15 cheaper to get the top tier content than it is to get the middle tier content. What? And I was like, wait, what? No, they're going to fix that. So I bought it (laughs) before they go fix it. Um, But yeah, so, but the, the thing is like, so I got game pass, right? And that gets me the $60 base game. And then I spent 85 bucks and I've got like the additional 10 airports and 10 planes and stuff. And it's actually pretty decent content because if you look at like how much does a plane cost, there's one plane from Coronado that's in there. That's 30 bucks. Right. So you figure, well, by the, by the time I buy three planes, I'm, I'm, you know, 90 bucks in anyway. So, and this is like 10 planes. So, okay, you got me. It's fair. Um, But the reason that they do that external folder that all that stuff goes into is because when you install stuff on Microsoft store, it goes into that like super lockdown folder that Hunter and I had to like crowbar open the other week to get battle or um, MechWarrior five running, trying to insert mods into that. Right. And can you, can you imagine the shitstorm? If it was like that, trying to get mods into Flight Simulator, right? Yeah. So, well, I'll get, so, so here's so here's something I'll say to that. I think it's actually marvelous, even though this is kind of a cluster in this sense right here, just with the whole it, you know the whole launch. It's a really anticipated game for them because they haven't put out a flight sim game in oh, what a decade. Yeah. And yep. so, and so you know, a lot of people have been wanting something new, and this thing is looking spectacular. So what what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is. Microsoft, specifically their gaming division, seems to be going like out of their way to continue to improve relations with gamers at all expenses, right? Like, hands down, Game Pass is probably one of the like best deals in gaming you could probably get. Like, if you love to play games, it's even amazing. if like you don't have, even if you don't have like a lot of time, like think about your gaming budget like on an annual basis, right? If you if like you can't buy a new game every month, that's that's just ridiculous. Like that that's really expensive. I mean, some people do, but when you when you break it down, like five to fifteen dollars a month for Game Pass, whatever it is, that that's a no brainer, and you get access to Microsoft's entire catalog of like first party titles, right? And then they loop into that 
like all of their, you know, friends that they, that they do deals with and you, know, you can get, you know, cycle through games. But on top of that, the whole modding community thing is, is like, I think Microsoft is starting to figure out that people love to have fun with, with games and they love to mod games and have, and like do cool things with them. And so with MechWarrior 5, when they put it out there, there was no way to mod it until they finally figured it out. And even with Gemini, we were we were fighting the system trying to get this one particular mod to work, which needed to be in the root folder. But we were able to figure out how to not put it in the root folder and still make it work. I mean, it took a little bit of effort, but like... Yeah, we basically you know, had to repackage the mod, and I had to sit and write a JSON file for it. Jeez! It, it, was, but, it but, was ugly, but we got it. But the thing is, though, is Microsoft gives you a place now to put all those mods for that game. You just have to, like, if any mod developer out there, they just have to rework it to work in the in the mod store for Microsoft. So yeah. So the nice thing, the nice thing about the way Flight Simulator does it, is you pick where you want it. Right. right? You can put it wherever. And that that damn MechWarrior thing is like in C users username app data. Yeah. local whatever you know you're like 10 folders deep into a hidden folder trying that's, to- yeah that's what i'm getting at though it's like the evolution of them i think realizing i'm I'm hoping that more games as they come out down the line microsoft's gonna realize that hey people really want to be able to play games and like have fun with their games this isn't like an xbox where you just like you know, you hit install and it just puts it on the hard drive of, of the of the Xbox and you're and you're off to the races. Yeah, I mean I think I think they've viewed it as different. <laughs> I, I feel like more effort in though, haven't they? To to actually lock that folder down and stop you from modifying it's, that, that I don't understand how, folder. <laughs> I don't understand how they can get away with that to be honest with you. But well they, they own the operating system. Right, yeah. and, and they just look at this yeah. like yeah. Th- that was their thing to developers is like look at our DRM. There's no way anybody can steal you, the, you know, our game. Look how hard it is. Like you could you could pay for whatever you know, Denuvo or whatever the thing's called. You can pay those guys a giant licensing fee to keep your game from getting ripped off, or you can sell it on our store where we bury it in this folder. That's freaking impossible to open. You can't even go in and look at the stuff, let alone hack at it. Right. So I, I think that that was meant to appeal to developers. Um, but it really turned the community off to the point where like, if I see it on the Microsoft store and I see it anywhere else, I'll buy it anywhere else because of that. But maybe yeah. they're getting it. That'd be nice if they were getting it. Um, so yeah, folks, it's, that was just a little side you know, because this game came out today and there are people who can't even play it yet because it's taken a million years to download. Um, so Centurion, have you thought about putting your game on, on the Game Pass? If they offer me to do it and give me lots of money, of course. <laughs> that's how it works, isn't it? That, that's, that's the catch. There it is. Uh, well, if, I want to know. I'm sure somebody has... has spilled the beans by now i just haven't seen it but i want to know what what is the method of payment that developers get when they put their game on game pass do they do they get paid based on how many people actually installed it or do they get paid just like hey you're here you get a flat fee you know we, we take the the profits of game pass and divvy it up amongst everybody based on some tier system of like how triple a your game is i have a, i have a feeling I since i have a feeling since 
um, games go in and out like Netflix, uh, it's probably I'm betting it's a lump sum for a certain amount of time because like they're about to lose they're about to lose Red Dead Redemption 2, for example, and a bunch of other games. So I bet you it make. <laughs> hmm, what was that? Come back. It was like with Battle uh, Battlefleet Gothic 2 Armada uh, that left Game Pass and then it came back again like a few days later. Did so, it? Uh, you know, it's know like that. renewing it. Yeah, yeah, it dropped out yeah. for a, you know, uh, leaving it. And then next week when I was looking, oh, it's back again. So, yeah, it would make sense that, you know, they're just paying lump sums for a period of time uh, to the developers to have it on there. And then when it when it expires or they renew it or whatever, you know, like Netflix do probably. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, or, I don't know. I don't know whether they buy them outright. I don't know. But... Yeah, folks, if you haven't gotten Microsoft Game Pass for PC, you should. It's great. It's an amazing mm-hmm. value. Um, anyway, back to this game that we came here to talk about. Um, I haven't floated too much. I, like I said, I did a bunch of waves, and I did one campaign mission. But but the flying feels really good. You did a really good job with that. I mean, I've, I flew it with a joystick, um, which I think... I think is the gods give. I think is the god intended way for all these games we played. God damn it! But anyway, exactly. Uh, I played it with my joystick and throttle. Yeah, well, you know, huh? there was there was there was there was a there was a YouTube channel that will remain unnamed, where this guy he's he's an avid Star Wars fan. He and yeah. he was talking about wanting to do new. Like he, because of Squadrons coming out, he wanted to go and play through the X-Wing series for his fans. Oh, no. And he said that he was no. having a hard time no. getting a TIE Fighter to work with a no. controller. And I about no. flipped my desk. No. I about flipped my desk. No. <laughs> I was like, you don't want TIE Fighter with a controller, damn it. Like, no. what is wrong with you? <laughs> You I try to put all these controls to my buttons. You can play it with a mouse. <laughs> I did you seriously can play Elite dangerous with a pad. <laughs> yeah, I did try Tie Fighter with a gamepad once for a video. It was horrible. <laughs> Absolutely, I just did a training thing where you're flying through the rings, you know, or the tubes or whatever. And yeah, I could barely even do that with a goddamn gamepad. You know, and that but- is absolutely why whenever they made Rebel Galaxy. They put that like oh, squeeze yeah. the trigger to auto chase oh, your target. Brilliant, and I love it because it doesn't really take away from the game. It makes it a little uh, more chill. But I'm I'm thinking about my shields and my weapon systems and stuff like that, and and picking the right target, not necessarily like wrestling the stick around to chase him. Yeah. So it's fine. Look, look, don't get me wrong. If a game is designed with support in mind for a controller, that's one thing, right? It's it's weird when you go back to something that's a bit more sim like focused. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the whole the whole experience about Squadrons when they announced that it was going to have Hotas support, I was like, okay, all right, you got me. I'm 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 in. I'm I'm really curious now. Like let's let's talk about this because it was like locked first person Hotas support like true vr support you you guys are you guys are speaking to me like but in a weird roundabout way like you said brian we were testing out some games the other night and we were playing what was it star yeah we're playing star lancer and and you just picked up your controller and and went i 
I, I had both my controller and my joysticks plugged in and I told it to use the joystick and I was like, well, my joystick's not working. I was like, my mouse and keyboard are like being funky. And I just was like, well, I wonder, and I picked up my controller and I was flying star Lancer with my controller. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. But it actually worked quite well. Didn't it? I was. So, yes. <laughs> it was weird. Like, I, like tried I, this with a, uh, an Xbox or controller. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to try it with the controller. I did, I, I, but I must uh, say, I really liked it with the joystick. Uh, you've done a really me, good job. I find there. it very twitchy. Uh, I've, I mostly played mouse and keyboard, and oh, okay. I've actually spent a lot of effort improving the flights with the mouse uh, because I've now given you like different options and tethering and a dead zone and a recenter and sensitivity, hmm. and also uh, borrowed the the virtual uh, mouse. Uh, joystick from Rebel Galaxy Outlaw as well. How oh, that oh, flies. Nice. Because uh, I like that. I thought that was nice. So I've got that one there as well. And oh, then, great. you know, it is, like I say, it's a space combat. You know, I wanted HOTAS support to be in there. Uh, that's why I ended up buying Rewired because Unity's input system is atrocious and their new input system is. Slightly less atrocious, uh, but oh, really? Rewired is an amazing, amazing uh, third-party asset that they've uh, created, which supports hundreds of different peripherals. Uh, the only issue is is maybe you're not whether your pedals will work or not. But the interesting thing is, I found someone, Brian, who's got the exact same pedals as you, and for some reason, they work fine. So huh. uh, I'd be interested to find out if, uh, if, if, what they've done. Next time you talk to them, ask them if you're using the CH Manager software or not. Because I am well, using... actually in chat now. Oh, yeah. Blue. <laughs> so are are okay. you using the software or not, Brian? I am using the CH Manager software for my pedals, yes. Okay, because it... And it... Are you unifying the pedals with the stick to make, like, a single device with a bunch of axes no. on it? No. Okay. Separate devices. All right, because because you can do that too, and sometimes that Boom. makes games get weird. Ribbon Blue is not using the CH management software. Damn! All is right, that where it's going wrong. All right, I wonder if conflicted? I wonder if the CH software has a problem. I was I was oh. I was I was trying to use my full Hotus with it, and yeah. whenever I use my pedals, the game would go absolutely bonkers, and uh, and so I wonder I wonder if I can uninstall that thing. I should try it. I'm going to try and just don't, it right now. If you just don't load a profile, it'll be fine. No, I don't have, have any load profiles loaded. Oh, really? Then it shouldn't be affecting it. It is, though. It is. That's funky. It is. It's well, calibrating. I'll find out, though. Yeah, I'll find I will, out either I, from what Ribbons, uh, you know, he's going to be doing a bit of testing and things, and I've got I've ordered my the same pedals, which should hopefully come before the end of the week. So when I'm kind of jealous of you. Try and find out what's happening. I'm kind of jealous of you because these pedals are friggin' awesome. Pedals are friggin' great. <laughs> well, I've got the pedals and uh, a flight yoke. Uh, and oh, that, wow. I got it off eBay. Uh, so hopefully it all works fine. And it's just cost me about 180 quid. It probably will. It's just, yeah, I will see if I can uninstall the CH stuff and. Um, See if I can get the pedals working that way. Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the problem. I would not be surprised if that was the problem. Um, so I will try that today or tomorrow. Um, but yeah, we'll get it working. 
But no, I was just saying, and I'll try the gamepad too, but I was just saying how good it felt uh, with the joystick and the throttle. It felt very fluid. So well done. Because uh, I did spend, again, a lot of time doing that, and I struggled between uh, what did I want? Did I want it more arcade flight or real, more realistic? Like I want, and I think, I think I fell in the middle somewhere because the forces used for rotation and acceleration etc is massive unrealistic values that, mm. that that you'd never never get off even a well i think i think just that the fact for uh adjusting your uh rotation you know when you're flying forward you turn left ship corrects itself i think the thrust is as powerful as a as a jet engine <laughs> force if not more uh because i wanted to avoid that slidey feeling yeah, uh, because otherwise you'd be flying like the space shuttle and having fight combat with a space shuttle in space, and that wouldn't. Yeah, be no fun. one wants that. No one wants Elite Two combat. No one ever wants that. The jousting yeah, exactly. of Elite Two. No one wants that. It's terrible. What is two thousand one? A space odyssey? What are we doing here? <laughs> no, folks. If you've never well, played that- Elite Two Frontier, it's an amazing game. A lot of Elite Dangerous was modeled off that particular game, but the combat in that game is. Freaking atrocious! It if, is if you do it that way. If you if you point at them and accelerate, and you go too fast, you're going to overshoot, and you do that whole rubber band thing. Um, yeah. But if you go in controlled, and you actually anticipate where they're going to go, and you can actually get it into a dogfight, but it ain't easy. The it's tendency easy. is it, to end, it's, yeah. It's, the tendency is to end up in that. That whole jousting, like, jousting. The whole joust thing. Yeah, I always so, struggled with that because uh, when I did try to do the controlled burn sort of thing, they just shoot me before I even ugh. pass them. <laughs> so this comes out on the first. Um, do you know how much you're going to charge for it? Uh, I'm not sure at the minute. I was thinking, and I might as well ask you guys what you think. Uh, so. I'm gonna. I'm aiming looking around between fifteen to twenty dollars, probably. Yeah, that sounds about right. Fifteen. That's what I was gonna say. Maybe. Around fifteen ish. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Because so. yeah, for anyone else, got... hmm? I'm gonna say for pickle table. I yeah. Think? I mean, I think it's pretty reasonable. I mean, you got you got some good content going on here. The last thing you need to do is overcharge. It's kind of like exactly. It's kind of like charge. Well, it, well, or undercharge. That's a very important thing too. But that's kind of like the. I, I keep bringing it up, but squadrons, man. Like coming in at forty bucks for, and you get everything, and everything you do is unlocked through gameplay. Uh, that that is unheard of during these times of AAA game developers. And I think for what you've got, and you're probably not even done. I mean, I, I'm I'm sure there's opportunities for more content once you're even finished. But you know, like fifteen to twenty bucks, I think is a pretty reasonable price, in my opinion. I agree. I think Star Wars Squadrons in that price point. I'm very skeptical. Uh, skeptical, because generally when they do that, it means they've actually spent a much shorter development time making the game with a much smaller team, and therefore. Content-wise, I feel that, it's that, probably going to be a bit more lacking. Than, that is a concern than, than for any sure. other any 
Because that's what well, I, I, you know, I vaguely remember when stuff like that comes out and it's that price, unless it's like from a small AAA, a small indie studio sort of thing. But with EA, you, you can sort of, you know, predict w- what the suits have said. Yeah, it's going to be a $40 tile, so therefore we'll spend six months in development for this. So well, they started it in January and announced it last month. I <laughs> <laughs> just rushed it out. But uh, I hope it, you know, I hope it sells well. I hope it's well. I hope it'll be a good game. I'd love to pick it up and play it myself, you know. Uh, the original X-Wings, oh, uh, I never played too much because I found them, and I still don't play them today because I find them very infuriating with the combat and trying to shoot and lead shots because the, the, they're just very zippy, those TIE fighters and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's a little better lead, when, you know. <laughs> it's a little better when you're in a TIE fighter. It's a little better. Yeah. Um, plus, I think TIE Fighter flies a little better than um, X-Wing. Yeah, and, and they learned the lesson, like, don't make your missions like a freaking Rubik's Cube in, in TIE Fighter. They're a little bit puzzly. You have to figure out, like, oh, They're I should have been bad defending as that guy. Though. They're but not as good bad God, X-Wing, those yeah. X-Wing missions. Oh, my God. No, no yeah. puzzliness in here. No, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, That's good. The, the, the only way you can really lose is if, uh, A, you die. Or B, uh, you lose a critical objective like a transport you was escorting. Uh, that's about it. Uh, that's good. Pretty much everything else is you, uh, with the exception of uh, one one mission, is uh, you kill everything you see. <laughs> well, those are always fun. Uh, so, friends, we're going to wrap it up because it is 90 degrees in this room. It is getting damned uncomfortable, so i got to go. Um but uh, Dan, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk about your game. Uh, for hey, all we no, did, I appreciate. Thanks we did for have some, me. we did have some some side tracks a bit, but that's usually what happens anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, folks, the game is Absolute Territory. It comes out on September first, two weeks from now, and uh, it is quite good. It is really fun to play. It's got both the campaign and a, a wave based mode. Um, so there's, there's definitely some good content here and the, and the combat is really fun and fluid. I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, if I didn't enjoy it, that'd be a problem, but I've played everything and this is good stuff. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for hanging out folks. We'll see you back here tomorrow at 6am for, uh, I don't know what something. Um, I don't know. We'll play something tomorrow. I don't know what, but, uh, Thursday, hopefully if Spaz can make it. Um, we'll be playing some Dying Light um, if Spaz's internet's working. And next Tuesday on the podcast, we're going to be doing a special time because our guests are overseas once again. Um, we're doing 9 a.m. Pacific next week. We're going to have the folks from Ga- Gaia or Gaia? G-A-I-A. Uh, Gaia. I don't know how to say that word. Gaia Beyond uh, is going to be next week's show. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. But thank you all so much for hanging out. A special thank you, as always, to those of you who support us via Twitch and Patreon. And with that, folks, stay safe. uh, Stay cool if you have a heat wave like I do. And we will see you later. Bye-bye.